what you see on social media is, is not usually real life and reality. And I think that there's a huge pressure on women specifically to look a certain way. And when you see someone who you think have had similar experiences to you on social media and looking a certain way and you don't look that certain way, it just, it's really disheartening. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to this week's episode on Fit as a Fiddle. Um, I have a very special guest today joining us. She is a registered dietitian. Her name is Haley Stein, um, and we have spent quite a bit of time with each other uh, in the past, and I'm super excited to chat with her today and have her on the the show today. So welcome to the show, Haley. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing really well. I'm excited to connect this way other than just the way that we normally connect. So I'm glad to, you know, sort of like merge our um, professional lives a little bit more. I love it. I'm ready for it. So our interesting conversation today is about our post quarantine body image, which Mm -hmm. I know that everybody has had at least a thought about, um, if not more than one thought about, at least I know that I have, Uh Uh, (laughs) um, because, you know, it, it was crazy in New York. We were shut down for a long time and everyone's always talking about COVID, but this is like talking about not COVID. This is talking about our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, a reflection of maybe some of the habits that we've built during quarantine, or um, if you weren't quarantined, then maybe you had, it was a stressful time. So stress causes a lot of changes in our bodies as well. So um, one way or another, um, maybe this episode can be relevant for you and you can take some of the tips away um, to rethink and, you know, redefine the way that you look at yourself and how you're going to move forward. So without further ado, Haley, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit further and tell us about what brought you into, you know, being a registered dietitian in the field of nutrition. Yeah. So actually what brought me into the field of nutrition is not what I'm doing now. Um, so I started off my journey really wanting to do sports nutrition. And while that's still a passion of mine, it's not what I'm actively doing. Um, my recent work in the last few years has really just been focusing on helping clients achieve mindful eating, um, more positive body image, really focusing on the non-scale victories that come with balanced eating and really putting your health first. Yeah. I love that. I know that, you know, so many people, including myself, we start off our journeys in our careers, looking into something totally different. And then we realize, wow, our calling was somewhere else. And usually it comes from like some small place of experience totally. or working with somebody that you helped in a particular way that, you know, you want to shift gears and go in a different direction. So I hear you on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, I mean, every good professional has, had some sort of experience, I think, because how else can you really relate to your clientele if 
you've never experienced it. I think it just creates a whole nother level of understanding with each other. And, you know, now that we're all working from home, things are a little bit more casual. They're not quite as um, strictly professional, I guess. Like we're all sort of getting to know each other on a little bit of a deeper level. And nutrition for a lot of people is such an intimate, vulnerable thing to talk about with a lot of people, despite like, everybody's saying what they're eating and what diet they're doing and what exercise they're doing, you know, all of that in, in big groups. But when it actually gets down to the nitty gritty, your, your experience and your body image and, you know, your just overall relationship with food is, is really intimate. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I think that I guess we'll dive into this a little bit later on, I guess, the impact of social media and all of that, mm-hmm. um, because I'm sure you have a lot to say about <laughs> it. But before we go into that, um, you know, the whole idea of post-quarantine body image in general, what's what's the problem? What's the need to talk about that right now in your experience and in your practice? Yes. I mean, it's at the forefront, I think, of everybody's mind. And I shouldn't say everybody, but but a lot of people, I mean, probably... of the clients that I'm seeing right now are all either coming to me or continuing with sessions and going into and having this mindset where they're thinking, Oh my God, now I'm going back into sort of, you know, the new normal life post quarantine, post COVID. And I hate the way I look, I hate the way I feel and what happened this past year and change. And you know, how do I get back to me? So I think that that's, that's at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And it's also exactly what you said. I mean, I guess this is a good time to uh, transition into the whole social media conversation. Like what you see on social media is, is not usually real life and reality. And I think that there's a huge pressure on women specifically to look a certain way. And when you see someone who you think have had similar experiences to you on social media and looking a certain way and you don't look that certain way, it just, it's really disheartening. Yeah, I hear you. Um, And I guess when you have a client who is experiencing that, sort of a feeling. And I think that a lot of people do, whether it affects them in a very profound way or not. I think that many people who are looking, and it doesn't even have to be Instagram. It can be just, you know, people that you see on TV or just different images Mm -hmm. that you have in your general, you know, in the internet. Um, I think a lot of people can look at people and be like, oh, you know, wow, that person looks like X, Y, and Z, but I look like X, Y, and Z. And there's this level of comparison, which it's very interesting to me um, because like, you know, there's this need to like distort images and the need to create this idea of perfection that, you know, it goes beyond just changing the lighting and it goes beyond just, you know, trying to make your, the background a little brighter so you can actually see it's, it's beyond that. It's like, I'm actually changing the way that I look on social media to create validation. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from a very, very, very different place, which I'm sure is like a whole psych topic on its own, but when another comes, podcast, <laughs> absolutely. but when it comes from just the nutritional side of things, how do you help 
your clients to navigate that? Yeah. So, I mean, whether or not we're talking about post quarantine or pre quarantine or anything like that, I always counsel my clients through education. I want all of my clients to understand why they're eating certain things, you know, why they feel a certain way after they eat certain things, why they feel more energy after they eat certain things, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. And I think that once you understand and you're not just following sort of a set of rules, you are so much more open and free to experiment a little bit more. And I always emphasize too, if something doesn't work, that's not a failure. I think that that's a huge thing with diets is that if you, if you veer off the diet or you eat something not on the diet, you're cheating, you're failing, you're weak, you're vulnerable, all of these things. When in reality, it's all part of learning about who you are and what makes you feel best. So if I just use it as, you know, a learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. Like in order to find out what works for you, we actually have to find out what doesn't. So if we find something that doesn't work for you, that's actually helping us move forward. It's not a step back. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I definitely think that's one of the best ways that you can put it. Um, and that goes for everything, right? Like whether it's exercise or really anything that I, and one of the things that I always ask my patients is, is this exercise getting too easy or too boring? Right. Because if it's too easy or too boring, unless it's easy. And I really need you to do it for a very, very particular purpose. Um, if it's super easy or super boring, you're probably not going to do it and you're probably going to dread it. And now we're associating bad things to this. And that's, I think the same thing when it comes to food is you have these expectations that you set for yourself and expectations that the world sets that says this is healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and for you, you might get fixated on, okay, so that I have to do that. And then if it doesn't work, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I think it's everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a really hard line to balance too, between boring and also completely out of control because I also have a lot of, I have a lot of clients who, yes, I'm like, let's make sure we keep food interesting, try one or two new recipes a week and, you know, incorporate those into your daily routine. So, or into your weekly routine rather, so that you're not just eating the same thing over and over. And it's like, every time you go to grocery shops, like, Oh, like which one of our five dishes are we going to make in the next few days sort of thing. And then I also have clients on the other end of the spectrum who feel completely out of control when, you know, now they're going out with their friends and family more often. They're maybe not cooking at home as often. There's a lot less structure going on right now. And I think that that's making a lot of people uneasy too which reasonably so, but I think it's sort of, like I said, like a hard balance to find structure, but also some freedom, but not too much (laughs) because then that's where you get uneasy and you start to doubt your knowledge. And I know that everyone that I'm working with has the knowledge. It's just when you're in a setting and a different environment, it just sort of goes out the window. Right. And so in those situations, like say, you know, it's, it's wedding season, right? So a lot of people are, you know, attending weddings, there's graduation, there are mm-hmm. parties, there are summer things going on. It's the hot back summer. So <laughs> you're going places. Um, I guess, would you recommend people to maybe like plan ahead of time that like, you know, these are the times that I'm going to be 
off of maybe the very normal routine that I'm having, but then planning that when they do get back, that's the time to not cheat again. Is that something that you may recommend or is that valuable for people to know? So yes and no. I mean, I'd never like to think of it as cheating again, because then it's just like, you feel like you're either on a plan or you're off a plan. What I'm trying to do is get people to actually feel like their lifestyle has changed and that they just have more control over every food choice versus saying like, oh, Monday through Thursday, I don't have food choices. I have this meal plan that, and I have this like really rigid structure that I'm just sticking to because then that leads to like weekend chaos. And it's just like, we're sort of, you know, unleashing the beast and all of this pent up energy that is surrounding food is just released. And that's how it gets out of control. And, you know, people just make choices that they might regret for one reason or another. And that might just be a very physical reaction. Like I, it took me three days to recover from eating and drinking nonstop this weekend, right? Like to feel normal again. So, but what I do recommend is that people have a certain mindset going into an event, not necessarily like, okay, this event, I'm going to cheat, or I'm going to go off my plan, or I'm going to eat X, Y, and Z, because when you actually get there, you don't know, you know, what sort of situation you're going to be in, especially if it's at a wedding and there's a cocktail hour or some other sort of social event where you don't have the full menu ahead of time. Right. So, but what I do like my clients to do is just sort of take a second for themselves before going into any sort of like big social settings where maybe you're going to be distracted or you're going to be talking or you're going to be dancing and really not paying attention to like where you are in the present. So at least you're going, you're, you're entering these settings with a certain mindset. Okay. I'm going to have a glass of water for every alcoholic drink. I'm going to plate all of my food instead of just sort of like picking off of 19 waiters and waitresses, um, platters, you know, stuff like that. I hear you. Yeah, no, I, I actually think that's a great way to think about it. I think the key point that I can definitely take away, even for all of our summers, whether you're having problems with eating habits or not is, you know, not thinking of it as, you know, your scheduled diet versus your cheating diet and Mm -hmm. just kind of integrating all of that into something that makes more sense in your brain. I think that's really helpful totally, um, for people to know. Um, So we did touch on social media and we did touch on the impact of that, but do you think that there are any powerful ways that people can use that to help themselves, like using social media, using, um, you know, influencers to not be, you know, causing trauma and stress into their lives? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I think it's actually trendy right now to like love your body, love the skin you're in and, you know, eat the French fries and eat the pizza and drink the wine. I think that that's in right now. So there are a bunch of influencers out there that I follow myself who are promoting positive body image and, you know, reinforcing the idea that, okay, so you had a night of overeating and maybe over drinking and it's a new day. You're no lesser of a person because you did that. So let's learn, right. And let's move on. So I think the key to that is finding people who promote positive body image and 
also who aren't triggering certain thoughts in your brain and to unfollow the people who are. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I think making sure that you curate your feed Mm -hmm. to be conducive for your life across the board is extremely important because let's be honest, we all spend a lot of time on social media. Right. And I think people hear it time and time again, like, Oh, you know, like follow the people that you want to follow, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like people don't, you still follow people that make you feel bad about yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Not do that. (laughs) I know. And no one's going to know if someone with, you know, 313,000 followers, you know, you unfollow them, they're not going to be searching through all of their 313,000 followers to see that you're still following them. It's really not a big deal. If this is someone who was like from high school or from some sort of program that you were in, that's posting things that aren't putting positive thoughts in your head or who are actively putting negative thoughts in your head, unfollow them. Or mute them. There's a way to mute. Yeah. It's just, it's just not that serious. I mean, I have, I have gone through phases too, where I've like just sat there on the couch and just scrolled through people who I'm just not interested in what their content is. And even somebody with the best relationship with food, the best relationship with their body and all of that, everyone has days and everyone still has those thoughts sort of like lingering in their head. Sometimes they come up, sometimes they are pocketed in the back, but why would you put yourself in an environment or in a situation where those thoughts are constantly in your brain? Right. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so outside of the social media stuff, if you were to, you know, coach your clients and I know everyone's the way you approach everybody is different because everyone has their unique bodies and unique personalized ways of, you know, kind of handling their life and lifestyles that are different. But in general, universally, what are some tangible things outside of the social media curation that we discussed? Mm -hmm. What are things that people can do or think or tangible strategies that they can implement into their lives in order to, I guess, two things in order to one, feel a little bit more confident in their post-quarantine body. And Mm -hmm. then two, if there is a change that they want to make to be able to make that effectively. Totally. So I think as it comes to food specifically, coming up with some sort of plan every week, right? Like even just having a sort of general guideline of, okay, on for the next two days, these are the meals I'm going to eat so that you can plan for that, right? Like if you're going to the grocery store with no, with nothing in mind, no list, no idea, no nothing, and you're just sort of buying random things, the chances are you're going to throw a lot of that out because if you can't actually make a cohesive meal that you like, then you're not going to eat it. (laughs) You're always going to find something else that you're going to want to eat more. Plus if you're like us and you're in the New York city area, everything is at our fingertips at any point in time. So there's always going to be a reason not to cook the food that you have. Right. Right. If that's not something that's exciting you. Um, which brings me to my next point, do something that's going to excite you, make something that's going to excite you. Being in the kitchen can be fun and it can be a really good stress relief, throw on a Spotify playlist, something that's like, feel good and chop some vegetables for the week. It, it saves you so much time during the week. And it also saves you a lot of thought and headache around food choices during the week when maybe you have kids Maybe you have dogs, maybe you have other people living in your house, some other family, friends, 
whoever it is that you have to be accountable for other than yourself. It just takes so much guesswork out of it. Um, my next point would probably be about clothes. This is a huge thing that a lot of people are expressing to me is that I don't fit into my old clothes. I really want to fit into my old clothes. I don't feel good in my old clothes. Okay. <laughs> this is tough, but get some new clothes, right? Like put your, put your body in clothes that are going to feel good, that you're going to feel confident walking around in, not clothes that you are constantly thinking about, oh, I put on this much weight during the pandemic. Oh, now I'm back thinking about the pandemic when we were in lockdown and I was so stressed and, you know, like all of these other sort of like negative aspects of life that come with those clothes. They're just clothes. They're just things. And I'm not saying completely throw out your wardrobe and start over, but buy a new pair of jeans and buy a new, you know, tank top or t-shirt or sweater, whatever is going to make you feel good and confident in your own skin when you're walking out the door. I love that. That's so, it's so obvious, Haley, but it's like, (laughs) I know something that people would feel like almost stubborn to let go of. And Mm -hmm. like the thought of having to get new clothes will just be, ugh. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, I experienced that too. 2019, I went to Greece with my husband over the summer at the end in August when we did our anniversary trip for our wedding anniversary. And I remember, um, you know, at some point at the end of last summer, I was like, oh, let me try on some of this stuff. Like, you know, we were going to just do something when, when New York just started opening up for like dinners and outdoor seatings and things like that. So I tried to throw something on. I was like, mm, that's a hard no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually all that, all those clothes are just sitting in a suitcase because I'm like, I'll just, I'll just leave them right there and let's move on to some other stuff now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And then who wants to start like a fun night like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're going out with your husband, you're supposed to be celebrating and you're starting off maybe not feeling so great about yourself. So maybe you make a different food choice at dinner and maybe you don't have that glass of wine and maybe you don't share the dessert and then you're in a mood and then your husband can tell. And then, you know, it just, it's not a great way to start. Yeah. It's not a good, not a good vibe to like light up the night. Totally. And then, and then on the other side of the spectrum, I'm sure that a lot of people have experienced this, maybe not now in the quarantine period, But in the past, you know, something that you haven't worn in a really long time that maybe didn't fit you the way you wanted to, but then it does later. Totally. That feels good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that experimenting with the different things that you have in your closet, mixing and matching them, I think that's, it's so obvious, but I know that it's also hard, hard for people to wrap their heads around. Yeah. I think it's also hard to wrap our head around too, that our bodies just change sometimes and we're not getting any hunger, (laughs) you know? So our bodies are meant to change throughout life to accommodate, you know, new environments, new age, new activity levels, new moments. And that can't always just be stopped by excessive exercise or excessive restriction of food. So it's just going to be better to live your life and be happy. And sometimes, and a lot of the time, if I have a client who has come to me and they say, okay, I gained all this weight. And once we get back to 
balanced eating and healthy lifestyle, getting enough sleep, controlling your stress levels, you know, hydration, all of those things, whatever weight they, their body wanted to lose, they lost. Mm -hmm. And the weight that they got to might not be what they had in their head, but they're gaining so much more than they would have gained just by hitting a number on the scale or just by fitting into a certain size. A hundred percent. And that's why it's about wellness. It's about feeling good um, and making sure that you're actually healthy from a holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sure. There are, there are pieces of it where it can be something about the scale. Like we do want to make sure your BMI is in check. There are certain ranges here that we need to make sure that we're within, but at the end of the day, you know, do you feel well? I think that's a big, big part of it. Do you feel strong and do you feel well? And a lot of times we all know this muscle wears more than fat. So sometimes when you are working out and you are getting more exercise and you're going to be heavier and you might not fit into the clothes, not because you're not fit or anything like that. It actually could mean you're more healthy mm-hmm. in certain cases. Um, and that's why you don't fit into it the way you did before. So that's just something to keep in mind, um, for people as well, I think. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Bodies change. They're meant to change. They're like the most well-oiled machines on the face of the planet. And I think people forget to trust them. Yeah. Well said. I love that. Um, Do you have anything else to share with our audience today? Anything related to body image post-quarantine? Anything related to the work that you do with your patients that you think the world should know? I think the biggest takeaway is have patience with yourself and give yourself a little grace. We just experienced uncharted territory, at least for my generation. And I know for the generation above me too, this is, this was all new to us and this was all different. And, you know, for better or for worse, the world is changed and we're just adapting and recovering. And this is our time of healing mentally, physically, socially, all of the things. So it's just going to take some time. Yeah, absolutely. Where do people find you if they want to work with you or have more questions? Oh yeah. My, um, my website is the, probably the best way to reach me. I have a contact page on there, um, www.haleyrd.com and that's H A L E Y. I am taking on new clients, but I don't have a lot of time slots left. So if anyone is interested, um, definitely fill out that contact page sooner rather than later. And I would love to help anybody who wants it. I love it. Thank you so much, Haley. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.